1: the one fab day wedding podcast welcome
4: to the one fab day wedding podcast your indispensable audio wedding planning digest this week we're turning our full attention to the grooms but that's not to say we've been ignoring them in all of our previous episodes as far as we're concerned planning a wedding is a team effort and your gender should not determine your level of involvement or how interested you are in the guest list making or the budget saving tips
5: That said, we know that men and women sometimes have different approaches to wedding planning and we wanted to flesh this idea out in conversation with some real-life grooms. And we really have found the perfect men for the job. Dallin and Porik are long-time pals who both got married this year and were both hugely involved in the other's big day. So they're perfectly placed to chat about everything from speeches to stag parties. Yes, I think they'll have some really good
4: insight into the experience of being a groom. Porik was Dallin's celebrant?
5: Yes, he officiated non-legally yes uh (laughs) Dallin's wedding to his now wife Laura
4: yes and Dallin was I think Pork's best man best
5: man or groomsman he was certainly in the wedding party
4: yes and we know a couple of people who were at the wedding and the speech will go down in history as one of the greatest ever apparently yeah the
5: word iconic has been used about Dallin's speech so lots of speech tips from him I'm hoping yes we'll definitely be grilliam about that
4: one fab day expert wedding tips we've now reached one of the most important parts of the show it's the time for us to drop a handy piece of wedding planning wisdom right into your lap Selina it's your turn to share a tried and tested piece of advice what have you got
5: so this piece of advice pertains to the wedding photographs which are very important as we all know Um, So it is basically decide among you and your partner and discuss with your photographer way ahead of time how much time you want to allocate to the wedding portraits. Now, this might include you and your partner's portraits and family and maybe friends or any other kind of posed portraits that you might want, even if they're really relaxed you're probably going to have to allocate time to them. I think the thing to say about portraits on your wedding day is that there's no perfect amount of time. Like for some couples, it might be 20 minutes. For some couples, it might be three hours. They might want to go all around the countryside, going up the side of cliffs and everything. But just decide in advance kind of what you want out of your portraits and have that discussion with your partner. Because I know for some couples, it's really important they don't want to miss any of their drinks reception if they can avoid it. And for others, really, they want to get that like dynamite shot.
4: Yeah, definitely. I think it's worth even talking about this before you finalize your choice of photographer, Mm. because some photographers have a style of shooting, especially maybe if they shoot on film or something like that, where it's very light dependent and they could drag you away at any moment if the light's right to do the photo session. So I think it's worth when you're choosing the style of photographer, have a conversation with them about how long they normally take to shoot, because that might dictate things as well.
5: Yeah usually the photographer is fairly flexible and they don't want to be dragging you away from your party if you don't want to be but I think it's good to be clear because you don't want to end up on the day and there's been crossed wires and they think that you want a portrait of you on your own with every single person (laughs) in in attendance at the wedding and you're like oh no no could we get this wrapped up in 30 minutes. Yeah
4: we were very strong with our photographers that we wanted a really short amount of time at our wedding so what they did was they kept the family ones really close to the drinks reception so we were still kind of part of it and no one was taken away and then they just brought us away for a few minutes and actually then later on they brought us away for another few
5: minutes so it broke it up and it meant we weren't away from the party for too long so that was perfect because you did have a little chat beforehand and you decided ahead of time so that's all i'm saying with this tip is give it some thought now that i'm saying it in your ears (laughs) chat with your other half and take your ideas to your photographer yes it's a great tip
3: the one fab date wedding podcast
5: this week's episode is all about the groom's perspective, and we're bringing lots of topics to the table, from choosing the groomsmen, to coping with family drama, to suit shopping. Our guests today, Dal and Pork, have got plenty of experience in the fields of speech writing and stag
4: party planning, but they've also been involved in the boring parts of wedding planning, from setting a budget to making the table plan.
5: There's so much to talk about, we can't wait to get started. Welcome, Dalin and Pork. Thanks, guys. Um, So I suppose we should start with you guys telling us how you know each other.
3: I, uh... Met Pork, I think it was in, was it Baby Infants? We were about four or five years old. Uh, as it was Sinclair's, September 19th. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget today. I told you, Pork's got a good memory for this stuff. But uh, when I was doing the speech for Pork's wedding, I mentioned that, you know, I kind of started getting friendly with him. And then I my earliest memory of Pork is him slipping on a banana skin <laughs> in the playground when we were like four or five years old. And I think that kind of cemented the friendship then and really he's just been riding on that the whole (laughs) way since
2: (laughs) (laughs) One Trick Pony uh, (laughs) (laughs) and when Dallin loses interest I just dropped that banana skin
5: Slapstick King I love
4: it You guys both got married this year congratulations
2: Thank you very much Claire
4: Um, So can you tell us a bit about each of your weddings?
2: Uh, I'll start with Dallin's because chronologically he started first. <laughs> no sense, yeah. Uh Yeah, so, so I was very fortunate that I got to marry two of my best friends this year. So uh, I was the celebrant for Dallin's wedding and I was a groom at my own wedding. <laughs> like, that works. Um, so Dallin got married in January,
3: was it? Uh, January, yeah. January yeah. this year.
2: Yeah. Um, so he had a beautiful ceremony in County Mead. I'm very yeah, unclear it on was. the details. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I'm very it was clear slaying, on the details. You can take out your maps and check. <laughs> and so for me, it was kind of really special to be involved in that. Um, me and my partner had been over in Australia for two years, and we had a fantastic life over there. And one of the things you miss over there is um, family and friends. So when I came back home and being part of Dallin's uh, wedding was incredibly special.
3: It was great to have... Porik so heavily involved in the ceremony i think in the big positions in the wedding it's really nice to have people who you know there or people who you you feel like you've got some sort of connection with and obviously having like a very old friend and my wife laura also gets on very well with Porick, so it was great for both of us to have poric up there and I think as well, it's very important to re- to recognise or acknowledge the fact that Pork is somebody who will take that role seriously mm-hmm. and will do a very very good job at it. And I don't think it's really like I don't think if like I don't think giving like the celebrant role to anybody is actually a very good idea. I don't think you know I don't think anybody is very good at it. But Pork did a wonderful job. It was brilliant.
5: Yeah, it's a very special kind of role. It takes a
4: special kind of person to do it,
5: and a lot True. of prep. And a lot of work, actually, which I think can be overlooked because probably for you and Laura, Dallin, it's nice that you just felt like there's three of us in it. It's not just me and Laura just literally making up a ceremony from scratch, which would be fine. But like you had someone to bounce ideas off, obviously, and take the lead on the day.
2: I don't think I ever told you this, but uh, the news that came first before Celebrant was uh, Dallin and Laura decided not to have best men or bridesmaids. And I was crushed. I was like, this is my, <laughs> this is my um, one shot. i know known this guy since September 19th, <laughs>
3: 1999. I have one friend in this world. two or something. But I was like, oh, yeah.
2: that, that's my chance because uh, he was going to be... Well, I put all my chips on this guy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, cool. Completely respect your decision. Makes a lot of sense. Why did I come back from Sydney. I miss the yoga. I miss the surfing. But uh, yeah, it was wonderful.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it was actually, we were pinking that because myself and Laura were talking about it and we find it uh, extremely difficult when we start thinking about who you're going to assign roles. So I know mm-hmm. everybody has some amount of that problem. You know, it's just difficult to pick people and put them in certain roles. And um,
2: we didn't... Pick the best person for the best role. Is oh, that yeah,
3: why yeah you're, that's uh, exactly uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to get up for. <laughs> but it is, it is hard to do, I think. It's hard to... Um, you know, it really is hard to pick people, I, I, I find anyway. So I like this kind of, even though we obviously were picking people to do certain roles, it just wasn't as, uh I don't know, it wasn't as structured as it usually kind of seems to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the, as I said, one of the reasons why we picked Pork is because we thought he would be extremely good at that role.
2: Yeah, I think when you get to this stage, you see a lot of weddings happening in general and you start to kind of think about what does a wedding mean? And one of the things I loved about Dallin and Laura's wedding is they let people in. They they got people involved, not in kind of traditional roles, but in the wedding itself. So when people were asked to do pieces for the wedding, it was really important and it felt really special.
3: Yeah, no, that is what we're trying. We just tried to get to be as inclusive as possible. But I think one of the things we did actually, one of the things that you kind of learn or I learned anyway, when going through this whole wedding process is there is a reason for why a lot of the structures are in place in a wedding. And we kind of were talking about like throwing them all out and stuff. But when people go to a wedding, they expect to have a certain thing happen. And for you to change that around too much, I think can really kind of uh, just kind of not like put people off, but just... You know, it's not what they were expecting to happen. And it it kind of makes people a little bit kind of confused or a little bit on edge. edge, Yeah. And they don't really know what's coming next or whatever. And somebody a different wedding that was on last year, uh, they want to have a really laid back wedding. The groom did. And his mother said to him, if you want to have a laid back wedding, you need to organize it more than any other wedding Mm. will be organized. Which is actually the case. Wise because words. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. From the mother. Yeah. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. The way, exactly, yeah. Uh,
5: but it's interesting what you say about the roles there because I think that's one advantage to kind of tearing up the rule book in terms of who you invite into your wedding is that there are loads of people who might be your best pal but wouldn't do well at organizing a stag night or a hen party or don't care about your dress or your suit fitting like i think it is a good idea to take a step back and think who's right for this role or this specific task Mm. rather than just launching in with like okay i have like four roles to fill and like who do i like the most these four people
3: yeah didn't really happen to me but sometimes you might need to have a conversation with somebody and be like you know one of the things i'm when I was asking Pork to be celebrant and I asked another friend to make a speech at the wedding and one of the things we were trying to get from them is actually, would you want to do this? Mm. Like, is this is this going to ruin your day to have <laughs> this hanging over you? Yeah. You know, or would you actually enjoy doing it?
4: Yeah, because you know? it often depends on the couple and your relationship with them. But sometimes you're so excited to have a job at a wedding and another time it's an absolute burden. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah you yeah. need to suss that out from them from the outset, I think.
2: One of the things I love about your wedding, but it makes me think on, on those roles is the speeches at your wedding were absolutely phenomenal. They were unbelievable. And sometimes when you give a role to someone, one of those roles is to speak And for certain people. They don't want it at mm-hmm. all. It isn't their forum to just jump up and talk to like 100, 150 people or how many is at your wedding? And I think understanding that's why I really did like about your wedding. the The archetypes are there, but you had deliberately picked who was going to do each of them.
3: Yeah.
4: And Pork, tell us a bit about your wedding.
2: Um, yeah, so my wedding was class, I really enjoyed <laughs> it. it was, uh, the
5: photos on Instagram are beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yes, uh, so we got married in the summer. I was talking to Dallin this evening about when we came back from Sydney, uh, the draw was family and friends and the wedding was a real celebration of that. When, when we're Actually, one of our good pals, John McKeown, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, he challenged me and saying, what's a wedding all about? like, why would S- you get sounds married? Sounds like John.
5: <laughs> why, would, why
2: would you get married? And I remember coming home from a house party and going to Christine's, like, oh, we don't need to get married. We're married already. It's all sorted. It's all solved. Um,
5: Does John know the damage he's causing <laughs> to relationships around the world?
2: <laughs> nearly broke us up. Um, but, but one of our guiding lights for the wedding was well, why are we doing this? And a part of it was just we're very, very lucky to have the friends and the family that we have and the only reason me and Christine have such a great relationship is because a lot of people have helped me, not her uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in managing that uh, relationship. So it was really important for us that it was a celebration of that whole relationship and taking on from, from Dallin's weddings, like how do you get people involved, how can they become a part of the wedding was really special. And so we were obviously delighted with our wedding it went really well. It was absolutely <laughs> lovely. It so
4: was. you guys got married abroad?
2: We got married, yes, in Italy. Um, that was one of the first decisions we made after we got engaged. Uh, we wanted to do something abroad. We wanted to bring the people that we wanted to bring. And we felt that was a good way to uh, kind of tailor the guest list.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very diplomatic way to it. <laughs> I'm a very diplomatic man. <laughs> he did a good job. And guarantee some sunshine. Um, yes. And so, Pork, tell us about the role that Dallin played in your wedding.
2: Dallin was... Amazing at my wedding, he uh, really. Thank you, pork. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, one of the common themes at the wedding was people showing up and uh, being there fully and being fully present throughout the wedding. And Dallin was like my little genie. He <laughs> ran around, make my dreams come true, and I actually had to release him from my service on the, on the last night of my wedding. I was about four o'clock in the morning in uh, Italy and I was having a glass of whiskey and I found a, a plastic glass and I was pouring whiskey into it. I go we tap on my shoulder saying, would you like a proper whiskey glass? And I had to say, Dallin, back off, mate. Uh, the <laughs>
1: wedding's <laughs> over, I don't need
3: you anymore. This is, at the time, it was only him and Christine in the room trying to enjoy a nightcap. <laughs> <laughs> I came out of the cupboard, I was like, here.
5: It's just like with the mop, yeah. just like become one of the staff members.
3: Um, <laughs> I actually really, really enjoyed we're talking there about roles and, you know, wanting to make sure people enjoy the roles. I really, really enjoyed actually having things to do, I think, because it, like the wedding was in Italy and it was over a weekend. And, you know, there's a, a long time period there. It was it was really nice to, I I guess, just to be involved. It was really nice to be involved and it was nice to kind of. um you know, if I noticed that, like, poor Christine maybe wanted anything done, it was nice to be able to be like, oh, I can I can try and take that, you know. And, it, like, you know, it's, it's a wedding. Everybody's in good form. Everybody's in good humor. There were some things to do, but there was no problems. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? There was no issues. It was just all, like, dealing with people who are in good moods and happy and having fun. Like, so it was it was great. It was a great experience.
5: Were you officially in the wedding party? Were you, like, groomsman or best man? Or was it just, like, was the role genie, my little genie? <laughs>
2: well, I, I proposed to him, <laughs> saying, will you be my genie? Uh, no, he's officially my best man. Oh, okay, and, great. Uh, in, in fairness, it kind of kills me to say it, but he was the best man on that day. <laughs> he was unbelievably good. Sickeningly good. <laughs> like, I thought, look, I married the man. That's, I'm going to win. I'm on top there, but... Uh, He was unbelievable throughout the day because I think a part of it as a groom, it it is a bit of a stressful day Mm. and you're playing a role, and there's a couple of things that pop up, whether they are like challenges on the day or just challenges that you're having. And Dallin was unbelievable, just kind of like there was no problem, there was only solutions. And uh, he was incredible just from the beginning to the end. and he even wrote a poem about me. <laughs>
4: yeah, so we heard about this speech. It's uh quite legendary.
5: The tale of the speech has travelled far and wide. Yeah. Um I don't know which of you to ask to describe it. Was it all in rhyming verse?
3: Um no, it wasn't all a poem. So basically my, my dad has always written poems and I was thinking about uh I was thinking about doing the speech for Porix, and I just find it's very hard. Like you know, there's a lot of things When you start trying to write a speech, you realize that all the cliches make sense and that the best way to say them is through the cliches that exist and sound like cliches to everybody. So you find yourself writing something and being like, God, I can't say that. Like, That just sounds like the thing that everybody says or whatever. So I was uh, trying to think about it and I decided like I might try and write a bit of a poem. And once I started, I just really enjoyed the process of it as well. And I found it was kind of a way to do a speech without giving a speech Mm. you know and it was a way to kind of say everything that I wanted to say I found it quite different from making my own speech at my own wedding if I could go back I might do a poem there (laughs) you know but yeah I absolutely absolutely loved doing a speech and loved um, the process of writing it I really liked the process of writing it and learning it like me and uh, Laura my wife were in Italy for a few days beforehand and the poor woman we were walking down and I was just reciting <laughs> this poem like down the streets of any little village we were in in Italy or whatever we were I was just trying to go over it and over it and over it in my head and make sure I had it um, So you
4: didn't have notes with you on the day?
3: I had the other <laughs> grooms, man. Brandon had like sheets in like size like forty font in front of me, and he had oh, them nice. there in case I lost my place, which I did a few times. It was just, it's just hard it was when. You're up there. <laughs> it, was, it was. Yeah, but once you're up there and trying to, you know, obviously nobody really minds that much, but it's very handy to have somebody just showing you little notes in case you lose your way a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. As the first time we mentioned our wives there. I just <laughs> my <laughs> wife is Christine. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Christine. How are Laura you? Laura is my wife. One of the things that I took from Dallin's wedding, he passed on some advice, it was like, when you're doing your own speech, sometimes you're so stressed about that you don't actually take in other people's speeches, and they're an incredibly special part of the wedding. And mm. I was adamant I was going to enjoy the speeches at our wedding, and I really did. And I decided to go last so I could hear all the speeches and enjoy all the speeches. And I was perfectly okay with that until Dallin's speech, which <laughs> was just a uh, knock it out of the park, gl- grand stat- slam. Is that the word I'm looking for? It was unbelievably good. And so I was like, oh, that's brilliant. And I said, like, oh, I really enjoyed that. And then I realized I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> I have to follow that. So um, so thanks, Dal.
5: <laughs> I think you get a bit of... Uh... You, you get kind of carte blanche when it's your wedding though to just be like anyway I'm just going to say a few words like nobody expects amazing but, things but from Porik's,
3: you Pork speech was amazing really it was incredible I have to say that again the speeches were fantastic Christine spoke both dad spoke the maid of honour spoke and then me and you spoke that was it wasn't it yeah and the speeches just went they went down so so well when I was writing a speech for my own wedding I remember thinking I think it would be easier to write a best man speech because I was finding it very hard to talk about everybody I wanted to talk about in the time frame that I had and then I was writing it out and I was there going oh god I've I've got two lines to talk about my mam how do I talk about my mam in two lines you know what I mean because
4: a groom speech is often a lot of admin like you have to get through a lot of people whereas the best man only has to talk about the couple really
3: exactly I remember thinking then when I was writing for Porrick's wedding I was like well, I, I've told myself that, that this is an easier job, or this is a better job to do, so I better make the most of it.
4: And is there a lot of pressure? Because I think it's relatively new still for women to speak at weddings, so whatever they say is kind of like, fine. It's not, there's not a huge bar set, but obviously for grooms and best men, there's a lot of pressure to be both funny and sincere and to kind of be a bit of everything. Did you guys feel pressure speaking at your own weddings or as best men?
2: So, I'm fairly comfortable talking. So, I didn't feel any pressure there. The, the one thing I wanted to get the balance was, like you're saying, like you want to talk about the most important people in your life and also Mary, who did the flowers. Yeah. you're yeah. kind of balancing how'd you get that Tony totally right? So, I didn't thank Mary for the flowers. <laughs> so, Mary, this is for you. Great yeah, <laughs> job. He, he passed
3: off all those the menial thanks to me. <laughs> it's like, here's all the people that I don't want to thank. You thank those guys. Um, I did find it tricky to, to do the. Groom speech I definitely felt nervous before the best man speech but I kind of felt like the poem would get me off the hook as in it wasn't something that I had seen really done kind of before so I was kind of thinking it's not really a speech so yeah. I was happier with that I was definitely nervous before it but once I started I was you know once you get the first laugh or whatever you're like okay this is going to go fine mm-hmm. but uh, for the groom speech I was nervous because I had always kind of thought of when I made a speech at my wedding, that was when I was going to say a lot of things that I don't normally say. I don't normally say to family. I don't normally say it to friends. So I I had I, I kind of I put a lot of weight in the speech. I really thought like this is very important. So then when when it came down to actually writing it and realizing that I don't have the time to give everybody the recognition that it deserves or, or whatever. And um, I felt a bit of pressure from that because I, I then I was like, OK, I've got. You know a couple of lines here to talk about somebody you know i've always put this kind of weight on this moment and i don't want it to fall short mm. and at the same time i do think that speeches at our wedding were, were very good but they definitely were running long and i was the last one to speak so that's on my mind as well you know what i mean and they were brilliant they, yeah. were, they were
2: some of the best speeches ever like it was uh, it was incredible like one of the things again like it was funny because dylan's wedding went first and i learned a lot from it and one of the things you said to me was just talking about your own family and the way that you express your love. It wouldn't be like, I love you deeply. It would be yeah. like a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, McCormick. <laughs> but there's a way of expressing love. I think it's like sometimes it's not in your ballpark to be expressed in love in that way. Like, God, I love you so much for all these things that you did. I remember I, ha- I was able, we were very lucky because we did it abroad. We had three days with people so we were able to take moments to express that love in the right forum. so me and my dad had to walk in the morning after a wedding and i got to say what i wanted to say to my dad in the morning and he was bloody delighted i did it that way as opposed mm. to saying it to everyone about like mm. you're yeah, an amazing yeah. guy oh sorry dad <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's a really valid point actually that um you know, not everyone wants to be, like, the centre of attention for 20 minutes in your speech, even though, like, we need to give the mam's and dad's, like, their due diligence, but some of them would be absolutely mortified. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah no, definitely, that's a good tip.
4: And how did you guys find the experience of planning your own weddings overall? Did you enjoy it? Was it stressful? Um, I didn't find
3: it... The only thing I found stressful, and I found it very stressful, was the invite list, which um, I think you everybody knows about because i asked all of your opinions
5: it's a very Uh, common gripe is the guest list making it's yeah it's not fun for anyone i don't think yeah wherever you draw the line whether it's at 50 people or 250
4: people you still have to draw the line somewhere and that's really stressful yeah
3: i at one stage i had my cousins into like seven tiers of cousins (laughs) and i was like this this isn't going to work that was when I got in touch with you. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, read our article that Claire wrote about the different tiers of family and friends, which we know is very harsh, but like it does yeah. work. And you got us, work did you do, what did you do in the end for the Invited cousins?
3: them all. Invited them all. And in fact, actually, at the end of everything, the only thing we thought at the end of everything was we should have invited more. Because we actually, we went by the point of it being a very small, intimate wedding to being a big wedding. So once it's a big wedding... To make it like an extra 15, 20 people makes no difference. But there are 15 or 20 people that now I'm like, oh God, I could have invited those guys.
2: (laughs) You know?
4: I'm sure they don't mind.
2: No, I'm sure they
3: don't. (laughs)
4: It's
2: also really special when you meet those people afterwards because it meant something that you invited them. And so you run into them in the pub and you're like, I'll always remember you were at my wedding. You are a big part of what that wedding was as well. In terms of stress, it wasn't too stressful for me, Christine. Is phenomenal at organization in general, so I was just there to kind of yay or nay things that needed two voices in that occasion. Uh, I tried to get involved, I tried to <laughs> care about certain things, certain things I don't care about, and um, but it was nice again. First, the guiding principle was like, Why are we get married, and it was kind of a celebration of our relationship and, and the people we know, and that kind of helped make decisions are we spending more on music, or are we spending more on kind of my Dicky bow?
5: <laughs> so one. it was, it was D-
2: <laughs> Diamante
3: but yeah I think when you're trying to plan a wedding like what I was saying earlier on about how some of the traditions are there for a reason when you don't want a very traditional wedding it's hard to establish which traditions are you trying to get rid of because they're tradition and which ones are you trying to get rid of because you actually don't really care for them so like for example the first dance we didn't really want to do that and we got rid of it the speeches was something we were talking about, but we really did want to do that, so we kept them, but it, it is hard. Like, having the best man, like we were talking about earlier on, um, we didn't go with that in the end, but there's definitely big advantages to having just somebody who all the grunt work will fall on. Do you know what I mean? It's a useful person to have around. So Even
2: for the stag, at times you're like, uh, who's organizing this stag, Alan? like <laughs> yeah. what, what's happening? Are we going uh, to yeah. or X, y, and who Z?
5: did organize the stag in that instance Kinda me yeah
2: yeah yeah Dallin.
3: like um it was very very small and simple thing, but
2: it was massive. there was like 60 people there. <laughs> yeah, but we only went down the road <laughs> <laughs> It was the biggest stag of
5: everything <laughs> <laughs> that 60 is a lot for a stag. It's a big uh, body count.
4: So, yeah, well we have you, you should tell us about your stags.
5: Um, well, my stag
3: was in Carlingford. It was apparently big. <laughs> no, we had a, I, I had a good few people down over the two nights, but we didn't really have anything planned. We went to do one of the escape rooms things. But my thinking on the whole stag was over the last year, I had been on so many stags that were abroad or had been... Um, you know had had just they'd been big kind of ordeals and we've been on like a few weddings that have been away and things like that and i know that a lot of other people had as well so i was just like i just want to keep this quite simple so we had it in carlingford and we just had a uh like just a not, two nights of uh, staying in a hostel and drinking That was it as exciting <laughs> as it
2: as it got
5: well, it was a very simple brief but you stuck to it <laughs> we, we,
2: we did we did yeah there was a dig there as well about weddings abroad. I didn't like that.
5: <laughs> People dragging you abroad for their wedding. Uh, my stag, I,
2: none, like, they were grand. Like, I think both stags, we can safely say, were grand stags. Like, there was...
3: Yeah, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't I don't think there was anything. Um, if you're coming onto this podcast to listen for stag advice, <laughs> you
4: need to go somewhere so else, I'm I think. Dallin planned your one as well. Did you? No, I no, planned no, I was very
2: meticulous about yeah. my stag. I wanted the exact same as Owen O'Neill. <laughs> 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 so my uh, other groomsman, uh, Brendan, came over from my stag, flew over um, from London. And uh, we went out to Galway and we had, what well, I thought was uh, like quite a unique stag. And then uh, poor <laughs> Brendan had to fly the following weekend back to Galway to live the same stag again. Oh, they no. went paintballing, they went to the same clubs, they drank the same drinks and they had the same level of fun. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Why do I feel like there's something you're like keeping from us about your stags? Like there was some kind of like secret gossip. guy code that we didn't know we were not allowed? Serious? To be like, do you know? Her? <laughs> <laughs> you think
3: I have a se- uh, You think I have a secret guy code?
5: You're like, we went to the pub, and I can't remember anything else. That's all the details that there is. That is pretty much it what was
1: it, was. Yeah. it was.
3: It was like, yeah, it was just a um, true reflection of who we are. <laughs> quality
5: time with we your had,
3: guy pals, right? We had a Mister and Mrs. thing at both of them. We had. Um, How did you do? Off mine, mine was the end of me, and we basically started off. I had to do a shot of whiskey for everyone I got wrong, and. The no. guy who was giving me the whiskeys eventually started pouring half ones and then just stopped giving them because he was just like, oh, this is this has gone way too far. <laughs> oh, no. But in my... Even it, for a
2: stag, like, it was like, no, he's, he's <laughs> ill, he can't, <laughs> can't my, handle
3: it, this. In my defense, some of the answers would have been hard to guess. Was it? And if I had Laura here now... <laughs> I would I would say it. Again.
5: <laughs> are you supposed to guess things about your future wife, though? Or are you supposed no. to know them? No, you're on not, a
3: Alan, because I nailed my Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. You nailed them because I organized it. And <laughs> my, okay, right. It's hard for the podcast tellers <laughs> listeners to tell this. But if my wife, who you know, Laura, was mm-hmm. asked, What celebrity couple do you most resemble? Right? <laughs> I have to answer this question or I'm going to have a shot. I knew that she doesn't know that many celebrity <laughs> So I, I couldn't, I, I can't remember who I said, but I tell you who I didn't say, which was the answer. Barack and Michelle Obama. <laughs>
5: <laughs> which, okay. Which, wouldn't be the first thing i think of. It w-
3: yeah, it wouldn't be the first thing. But it wouldn't be, be the last thing you think <laughs> of
5: either. <laughs> Listen, the quizzes are hard, guys. The quiz element of a staff is tricky. I I don't know. I nailed mine too, poor guy. Oh my my God. Theirs was insane. I left Claire's hand like, you're meant to be together, and like, I just want to burn all of the relationships because (laughs) (laughs) if that's what love is supposed to be, we're all doing it wrong. We've (laughs) all failed the exam. (laughs) Uh,
2: pork did very well as well, actually. Well, it's a, yeah. a sign of a deep, meaningful relationship.
5: Yeah, I think
4: so. You can <laughs> answer
2: trivial questions yeah. about each other.
4: You're the real Brack and Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that about you. <laughs> so, obviously, you guys were very involved in the stag planning for your own stags. How involved did you get in the wedding planning? Pork, you've mentioned there were areas you were interested in and others less so.
2: I definitely think I was involved. I was definitely there.
4: (laughs) Did you pull your
5: weight?
2: I didn't pull my weight. Like, I was talking to Alan about this. I am, in general, quite an organised person. I organise my own stag. I kind of had it down to the last few minutes. Christine is something else. She's incredible at doing these type of things and she's able to get the optimal experience at any given time. So I am always pulling her back from her perfect future because (laughs) i'm not as good as she is uh,
3: yeah she is she is amazing she had um for somebody who organizes something so well but then to be so present and enjoy it so much in the moment usually you don't really get the two together you get somebody who's very organized but then gets quite stressed if things aren't going right but yeah some somehow christine kind of toes that line where she can, you know, be very organized and have everything set up perfectly. And then once it's going, if anything doesn't go well or if anything, it just doesn't matter. She's just having a great time, which is obviously a fantastic quality to have in somebody.
4: And Alan, how about you? Did you pull your weight?
3: Um, Again, I think I did. I think I was pretty involved in most of the decisions we were making. I think what it comes down to as well is, you know, Laura isn't somebody who grew up wanting this perfect wedding and had it all in her mind. So I think if you have somebody like that, then a lot of the planning will fall to them because they know exactly what they want. And whereas for us, it was a lot more kind of a a joint kind of um, what way do we want to do this thing that we haven't really put too much thought into yet. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think once you once you're approaching it like that, it's a lot more kind of even, I guess, in who's coming up with what. I think that Laura just didn't have a very, very clear view all her life of what she wanted she just had some ideas and she just wanted us both to really enjoy it mm. so
5: and the stereotype kind of goes that the grooms or the men in a hetero relationship aren't so into things like aesthetic details like flowers and stationery were you both interested in that side of things like the pretty th- like little details
2: serum pieces like so my my mother is really into flowers she's a amazing whatever the word is for someone who's into flowers uh florist sure can we use that word yeah Uh, so things like that like certain elements that were important to like our family and friends i i like to lean into so i knew my mom loved flowers so we would spend money on flowers so i became interested in that regard i think what can be very frustrating Which is what
3: I do all the time—is not really have much of an opinion, or not really care too much, and then eventually, when Laura will decide on something, I'll be like, "Well, well, really? (laughs) Like, do you want it to be like this? This exact size? Maybe it should be like half an inch bigger. You know what I mean? Or maybe we can cut that." That's
5: infuriating. It sounds like you're a backseat <laughs> wedding planner where you'll kind of be like, do whatever you think hon," and then you might be like, mm, but also I wish you'd have done that. <laughs> yeah, kind of. A
3: little whereas, bit. Whereas Sometimes. Laura is way better at when there are decisions to be made, she'll make them. She'll, you know, get through 20 things a day Whereas I will pour over something. If I'm interested in it, I'll Mm. be like, oh, what's the optimum way to do this? Exactly. What what exactly should we do here and what will make it the best kind of thing for people? Whereas like at the end of the day, you know, certain things are very nice to have right. But people just want to have a good time. You Mm. know what I mean? And that should apply more so for the bride and groom. So, you know, getting stressed out about all these small things, they really don't make a difference to pretty much anybody else like if they make a difference to you fair enough but they don't really make
2: a difference to most other people mm. it is expensive there's certain things you'll be spending money on you're like oh my god how could we afford that or why would anyone spend that amount on flowers or on rings but you are going to spend that money so enjoy it like obviously don't throw caution to the wind and just spend all your money but like if you are spending a set amount just enjoy it be own that decision try and uh maximise the utility out of it as yeah, much yeah. as possible.
5: Mm. And did you both feel like the wedding industry was sort of for you or catered for you or was there meetings with suppliers when you felt like they were kind of just talking to the bride because they assumed that she was taking care of things? I, I
3: don't think I really met any suppliers. I don't think we... <laughs>
5: well, that answers that question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we tried to organise a band, but we did like the flowers ourselves... Again, we had pork due to celebrant. We got married in Tankardstown, so we had the guys there. But what I did feel like is it is an industry. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard to let's say, for example, porks. They're talking about the rings and things like that. Let's say, for example, you didn't want to get rings, you would have to justify that to everybody. It would be a very strange thing to have a wedding where there was no ring exchange. You know, it's it's everything is there. It's you're supposed to have a band. You're you know all these things are there. They're expected. And if you're really stepping out, if you don't include those things in your wedding, which is fine, but it does add something to your wedding if you're getting rid of these staples that people think are always going to be there.
2: Yeah, it made me smile thinking about, like, buying stuff for your wedding. It's like, oh, you want a cake? Oh, that's a set amount. Oh, you want a wedding cake? Oh, that's (laughs) substantially more. And it kind of always felt like, okay, there's always an add-on at the end. If it's a wedding, Yeah. yeah.
4: But it is obviously the service you get because the wedding is so much more like the cake is fancier and feeds a lot more people. It's a bigger
3: <laughs> cake. It's a bigger cake.
5: It is a it big is cake. bigger cake. And <laughs> it has to like stay in a room all day. You yeah. potential heat. and there's lots of factors at yeah, play.
3: That's, It never crossed my mind that it was anything other than just having the word wedding in front of it was why to charge more. It's actually a better cake. Is that is that the case?
5: It's a better cake and you can't mess up a wedding cake. Like that would be a disaster. But you can you know, I've I know loads of people who went into a bakery having ordered a birthday cake and they were told, Oh God, you know, we forgot to make that. Like that happened to me and it was fine. I was like, who
3: do you know that that happened? (laughs) It (laughs) happened
5: to me and your wife, Laura, okay? Um and that happens. (laughs) Yeah, it did. did. Remember. remember And that, that happens and, you know, nobody is gonna like write a terrible yelp review that ruins the person's career people are gonna go oh whatever listen do you have another cake around or can you turn it around yeah, or whatever yeah. i think the thing that often goes amiss is that when you put the word wedding in front of it there's so much more pressure for the supplier and there is a lot more to think about and often transportation involved and keeping things fresh in terms of like food and flowers is yeah like and, a the h- a, and the standard a huge thing
3: Well, that certainly passed me
4: by. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
5: it's good for couples to know this because I think sometimes people do think that it's just a bit of a racket. Yeah.
4: One of the things that kind of wrecks Selena in my head about weddings is the stereotype that grooms are dragged into it and that they don't really care about it. And we see a lot of these signs that say like last chance to run or ball and chain cake toppers and things like that. And it sounds like the two of you were very much like equal players in the ethos of your wedding and more of the like overarching feel of the wedding if it wasn't necessarily the tiny details.
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was very much an open kind of discussion like the whole way through. In the planning of my wedding, I was talking to Porik a lot. You know, we were like, you know, so we we were just always talking a lot about, I don't know, just everything was very open and conversation was kind of very free flowing about what we were kind of thinking, what we both wanted from it, and definitely have your like small disagreements over bits and pieces. But overall, like, like what Pork was saying, theirs was a celebration of everybody. That's very much what our um, aim or our goal for our wedding was to basically throw a huge celebration to basically thank everybody for being a part of our relationship. And that's why we tried to get so many people involved. That was why we tried to, you know, why we basically designed our wedding the way we did was because that's that was what our goal was.
4: I think it's really nice when you go to a wedding and you feel like both parties were involved because all too often you go to one and it's the bride everywhere and it's her personality, but not necessarily the groom's.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a real balance with uh, getting it right because like sometimes you can stress about the little details and you can lose the bigger picture. But sometimes those little details are what make the wedding, mm. that you've put that thought into every single thing. Like I, I remember for Dallin and Laura's wedding, they wrote a little note for everyone at the tables, and I thought that was brilliant. And me and Christine started it. And like, it's really hard, <laughs> like it's really uh, difficult to think that much about people. And it was a lovely exercise to do. I didn't write a note for every single person at the wedding. I did the top table and that yeah. was good enough.
1: It was. <laughs> it was.
5: <laughs> actually talked about it on the podcast before after we came back from your wedding we were like it was so nice was. and i know not everyone like has the time or capacity to do it but i think that's the kind of thing that i'll always remember you know mm-hmm. i might not remember like the pretty bow you put on a chair the bow was nice the bow, the bow, was, bow was lovely was nice. i'm sure uh,
3: but uh actually funny enough what i would say is as i said we went to a wedding that had done it and we decided we wanted to do it and i was thinking that that this is just going to be such a chore to write all this down but it actually wasn't at all it was really to sit down and kind of go through and it means that like everybody that's at your wedding you spent at least like a minute (laughs) (laughs) thinking about them Mm. in the run-up to it Mm. which doesn't sound like much but it actually is when you see them at the wedding and it could be somebody like even if it's a distant cousin that you haven't seen in a while but you've spent a little bit of time thinking about them and you've you've thought of some memory that you've had with them when you were kids and they've read it and when you're talking to them on the night, they're like, I remember that and blah, blah, And it just, it was really nice. Writing the notes was a really nice experience and it wasn't as difficult as I, well, it was, it took
2: a lot of time, but it
3: wasn't, it was a nice lot of time mm.
2: I, I took the niceness out of that experience <laughs> share it. so in the dark in the morning like right we it's like why this person is so important why they're coming to the wedding i never shared those notes with people <laughs> i just got the lovely jolt of aren't i great
4: <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your suit shopping experience did you enjoy getting your suit was it stressful did you leave it to the last minute <laughs>
3: Well, that's a leading question. You know the answer, Claire. You know the answer to this. (laughs) Um, I left mine very much to the last minute. And Laura left her dress shopping just much later than we thought it needed to be. Like, we didn't think it took that long to get a dress, but it absolutely does. (laughs) So, yeah, we both were, uh, I guess, you know, a little bit... We were inexperienced when getting married, you know, guys. It was a it was our first marriage, but uh, <laughs> I thought I'd be able to pick up a suit easy enough. But I had a lot of trouble, and I had a lot of help from Selina and Claire, I did, uh, and you as well, Park i sent everybody pictures of all my suits that i was trying on yeah
5: i got a lot of whatsapp pictures yeah. of your suits and pictures of you in the pub being like i've quit for the day i can't <laughs> go on i've tried on four suits and you're like do you know, know how many this. dresses women try on <laughs>
3: i did yeah no and it was but it was just it, time was taken yeah time was ticking. um i actually ended up getting a suit in a certain shop in town and it was you know time was so tight and the, Are we not allowed
2: to say brands? <laughs> I don't,
3: don't know.
4: No, you, you can. can yeah. yeah, but it's oh, yeah. it's bad. Like. Oh, well, then don't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. so,
3: <laughs> I got I got my suit. It was it was a really nice suit, and it got altered uh, incorrectly. Like it almost fit me, and they altered it and uh, to like make it just a little bit shorter, or whatever. And they took it up like three inches on one arm, <laughs> or, and it was it was so bad. I went back and I was like, is this what it's supposed to look like? And eventually after a little bit of like, well, you know, if you kind of wear it like the eventually I was like, no, it shouldn't look like this. We'll we'll fix it. And then they fix and then they made another mistake on it. And it was like, oh, God, this is running pretty tight. And eventually I got it. Anyway, eventually I got the suit and I was walking by and I had walked by this like on a kind of discount store, walked by a suit that was like a three piece suit for like a hundred euro that I liked the look of. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to get that anyway because it'll do me for the future. And I got that one. That's the one I actually ended up wearing. So I didn't wear the nice tailored suit I had. I wore the discount one I picked up. Wow. Yeah. And it was a
5: nice suit. It was. It's lovely. But yet you're a great advert for like, just go suit shopping in time. And none of this. <laughs> 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 it's, there's a good chance you'll fix the alteration issues. got two suits. <laughs>
2: it is a lot more difficult than you expect because I thought that would be something you'd be easily able to just check off the list. My complexity was that uh, I had groomsmen from London, Dublin and Sydney coming in. Uh, and geez, we were back and forth coming in. suit at one point I was like, that's like, I kind of took a, a view off. Like my job is just to be confident about things. And it's like, yeah, that's that done. We can move on. And I send a picture to my wife, Christine, of Brendan in his suit. And it's like, yeah, Brendan's all suited and Buddha. And she was like that's not the suit (laughs) that's a complete wrong suit he's wearing it's like ah okay cool blind confidence isn't always the solution to things i'm
5: stressed out at the thought of this (laughs) i think i was messaging you every day being like have you just walked into the shop yet i just picked one up like please do it so i can sleep at night
3: (laughs) well yeah no but I, i i was actually i was very happy with what i got in the end but um it was stressful, but at the same time, it's how most of the things go in my life. So I was pretty used to I was pretty <laughs> used to the last minute franticness of it.
5: At least you know yourself. Yeah. Um, and finally, it's very obvious from chatting to the two of you that you both loved your weddings and had amazing times at your weddings and each other's weddings is there anything you would change about your own wedding or anything you wish you'd spent more time on less time on any advice maybe you'd impart to other couples going forward
2: i wouldn't change a single thing Um, the advice i'd have is a lot of the cliches are true so when people are giving you advice there is something in what they're they're saying to you it's hard to appreciate how good the day is. And like those cliches, how fast it goes by, how lucky you are, how fortunate it is to enjoy it, to take moments with each other every so often and to breathe it all in. And it'll go by you so, so very quickly.
3: Yeah, I think somebody gave me that pointer for our wedding and I I said it to Pork as well. Just that making sure that you make time for the two of you to go off and you know once every couple of hours or whatever just the two of you go off and just kind of take it in take a little bit of time just to talk about how the day is going or you know they really kind of stand out when everything's going crazy downstairs or whatever and you just get a little bit of time to yourselves the thing i think i would change for me personally was for the speeches i found it was hanging over me to do my own speech at the wedding so if i was doing it again i'd go earlier
2: i think it depends on the personality type but letting people in like it is a win for everyone like just having something to celebrate something good that's happening in our lives people want to be part of that and sometimes you can feel a bit cringy about it like oh i don't want to make it all about me and that's perfectly fine but people want to be involved
3: people people really want to be involved
4: well that's a perfect place to leave it guys thank you so much for coming in
2: thanks very much guys thanks for having us thank you
5: it was magical one fab day Listener dilemmas. As much as we like to think that wedding planning is all cake tastings and dress fittings, unfortunately there are always going to be dilemmas that arise throughout the process. That's why we created this very section of the podcast so that we could offer our help and advice on your burning issues. So Claire, you've selected the dilemma this week, I believe. I
4: have. Um this week's listener says, My question is about suppliers and vendors. Some are quite responsive with emails and confirming things but others are quite slow and I find it frustrating. In particular there's a hairstylist who I'd like to book a trial with before I pay the deposit for the actual day. I've crazy curly hair and it's hard to find someone who actually knows how to work with it. I've had some bad experiences in the past so I don't want to commit to someone before I can see how they work with natural curls. I found someone who has great reviews and settled on a date for the trial that's the same date as my engagement photos but I'm having to send lots of did you receive my email emails after a week of radio silence. I understand she's probably busy and my wedding isn't until April but I'm a bit frustrated as I want to know if the hair trial date is secure or if I should look for someone else. It also doesn't give me loads of confidence moving forward. Is this normal? We've had a few other vendors like the DJ be very slow to respond but that doesn't bother me as much because there's so many options out there. Can you help?
5: We get this question actually quite a lot. Yes. And I think it's important to point out that your supplier's experience and timeline is very different to yours. Mm. So while you might have 18 months leading up to the big day, in that amount of time, that's the only wedding you're thinking about, but they're thinking of possibly 100 weddings yes
4: and all good suppliers will be absolutely there for you in the weeks ahead of your wedding or the days ahead of your wedding depending on what they do but six months eight months out you're not their top priority because their top priority is the couple they're dealing with that day
5: yeah it's only natural that they have to prioritize things that way and often couples get very frustrated totally get it I'm the same I want an email back when I send an email to someone but just know that in the case of suppliers this doesn't automatically mean that the supplier is going to drop the ball in anything to do with your wedding it's just sort of a way that they often have to operate now that said if you are the kind of person who is going to really really stress out about suppliers who maybe aren't super communicative it's okay to specifically seek out people who are way more responsive if you're saving yourself heartache in the long run I think that's fair
4: yeah it's like with anything when you choose a supplier for your wedding you'll have different priorities maybe that they have a really good website and great recommendations or it could be that you've heard good things word to mouth from them or about them. Whereas if your priority is a prompt response and that's your priority and that's important to you and that's totally fair enough. I think it's worth keeping in mind as well, a lot of wedding suppliers are small businesses, they're often sole traders. So while this person might be incredible at styling hair, particularly curly hair, she might necessarily be great at the response to part of her business, yeah. which obviously isn't ideal for
5: you, but it doesn't mean she's a bad hairdresser. And a lot of suppliers are out of the office whatever their office is mm. so much because that's their job it's hands-on making cakes doing flowers and um, so definitely don't take it personally if you see that happening with a lot of suppliers I would say it's maybe worth hanging on to this hair person seen as you've done a lot of research and you've got a lot of confidence in this particular stylist and it sounds like you're looking for something very specific mm. which admittedly is hard to find so I cut this person a good bit of slack because it sounds like she could be the perfect hairstylist in the long run. Yeah, definitely do the trial.
4: and I think once you're happy with the trial and you've paid your final deposit, she'll be absolutely there for you on the day. Defo.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way
1: I, Fester Adam, do hereby declare my unending love. (laughs) Dido, I will worship you forever. Now for something that's not your wedding.
4: No matter how much you love a good Google Doc, there's a limit to how much space a wedding can comfortably occupy in your calendar. That's why we take it upon ourselves to present a new activity each week that might just tempt you away from the Wedmin. Selina, you've got
5: a recommendation for us today, I believe. I do. I'm really excited about this one, Claire. <laughs> but it doesn't involve leaving the house, I'm sorry. But it's, it's winter and like sometimes you just can't and it's rainy, you don't yeah, want to go out. Gross. So I have started a WhatsApp book club with a friend of mine. Now, obviously book clubs of all kinds are great, but I've often found it hard to make a book club work for me because of like scheduling and also sometimes there just aren't the people who want to read the same kinds of books as you yeah that happens as well and obviously I also have that thing where like week on week off I could be really busy and then just feel enormous amounts of guilt about my lack of reading homework then in school yeah which I'm not here for so me and my friend, I'd like to think we've invented this. Basically, we have a book on the go and we send each other voice notes discussing the book as we're reading it. Now we're reading a murder mystery, so it's very important we don't spoil it for each other. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it in three-chapter chunks. So after okay. three chapters, we send a little voice note with like a couple of minutes of like what we're thinking and our theories on like who done it and stuff. Obviously, if you're doing like um just like a regular fiction book, you maybe don't need to do as much. You could just do, you know, one or two chapters throughout the book and then a, a chat afterwards mm. but it's really been working for me we've been getting through the book so quickly um and it's really fun it's a really like low maintenance way to do a book club
4: that sounds great and what if it takes you like two weeks to read the three chapters are they okay with that
5: it like actually just hasn't because it's such a small amount um so far we're we've done it like we've probably read half a book in like three days wow. um and like Again, like sending the voice note, I can do that like on my walk to work mm-hmm. or, you know, it's just really handy for getting it done in little tiny chunks of the day. But also if I don't read it for like two weeks, he's not going to be mad and I won't yeah. either. I mean, call me antisocial, but
4: I actually love the idea of a book club with just two people. Because then at least half the time you're going to be reading a book you're interested in.
5: Yeah, exactly. We have made a list that we're both happy with for the books that we're going to read. And there's no like awkward thing where you're waiting around for like your turn to come in the Mm -hmm. book club to be like, finally, I read something I care about. Yeah. So it's worked out a treat. The One Fab Date Wedding Podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining us for
4: today's episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We've had a blast and we hope you have too. If you know someone who'd like the show, please, please, please spread the word. We'd also love if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. All of these little things go a long
5: way towards helping us find new listeners. And if you've got a burning question or something to add to the conversation, please do get in touch with us. You can email hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. And don't forget to visit us over at onefabday.com. We've got lots of new features going up on the site this week. So many that we genuinely don't have time to mention them all. But between trend features, real weddings and wedding dress collections, we've absolutely got you covered. The OneFab Day
1: Wedding Podcast